0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Another broadcast of Prayer International Radio, this is Staying in God's Word, where if you pray, you've got to be in God's Word, because God's Word is the lifeblood of all prayer. If we don't know uh, who God is, or how He answers prayer, or how His ways are, then we don't know how to pray, so number one, to staying in prayer, is staying in God's Word. So that's the title of today's broadcast, and it's also called Prayer Lab. We're going to be have, have starting a prayer laboratory where we're going to be stepping out as a group and begin speaking against our mountains, the things that come against us in our life, and begin exercising God's Word because we've got a lot of church going on. We've got a lot of listening, but there's not a whole lot of doing. And James said if uh, you hear God's Word, but you don't do it, you deceive yourself. And so it's easy as humans to get disproportional in that and just sort of listen more than you actually do. And so the greatest thing, the first thing you can do in activating your faith is opening your mouth. It says, open wide your mouth and I will fill it in Psalm 81. And in the beginning, God spoke and he created the light in the midst of the darkness. And so we're made in God's image we're made with the ability to speak his word and to cause great things to come to pass. It says that God's word doesn't go out to come back void, but it will accomplish the thing word to it is sent. And that's what we're called as sons and daughters of the Most High, that we can also do the same things that Jesus did. For he spoke to the fig tree, and the fig tree dried up. Uh, he spoke to the storm, and the storm ceased. And so there's storms in our lives and the lives of other people, Uh, lots of storms going on at the local hospital, and God wants us to empty out the local hospital. He wants us to be able to speak to sickness and death and rebuke it, because Jesus is alive and he's living in us. So the very thing that he did, he wants us to do so that our joy might be made full God wants us to participate in His holiness. And holiness is power, and holiness is healing. It's not just do, not doing bad things uh, and not doing, doing nice little Christian things. Holiness is power and, and walking in the strength of God and seeing great things come to pass. So that's what Prayer Laboratory is about. We're going to start our own online lab, and we're going to start doing God's Word together as a group. Simply by beginning to open our mouth and to speak God's word and to watch the mountains dissipate in our life well uh, tonight I'm gonna kick things off uh, with casting the vision for what I'm talking about I actually last time I spoke on the broadcast there was a uh, another a broadcast on Blog Talk. It was by a lady named Rita Schulte of a Heartline Radio, and she interviewed this lady, Fern Nichols, who's got an international prayer ministry that she's been doing for 30 years, and it's been in a, over 140 nations, and so it's really taken off. And I wanted to use that as sort of a template or a stencil or a guideline to to cast a vision of what Prayer Laboratory is about here on my corner of Prayer International, which is staying in God's Word. And we're going to be able to get together as a group and speak against the mountains and the storms and the irritation of, of our life and begin to see something come to pass. And so we're going to go into an interview right now And uh, I'm going to stop it every once in a while and give commentary. But uh, let's go into that interview right about now.
0: Ever underestimated the power of prayer? Fern Nichols didn't, especially when it came to praying for her kids. So back in 1984, when she had apprehensions about sending her two oldest kids off to junior high, she started looking for prayer warriors. She called together some like-minded moms who met each week to pray, and she grew a ministry we've come to know as Moms in Touch. Today, Moms in Prayer International. There are groups in every state and in 140 countries around the globe. Today we're going to talk about how the changing tide in today's culture gives us more reason than ever to gird up our loins and pray for our kids. Fern, welcome to Heartline. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure having you.
2: Oh my goodness, Rita, I am so excited to talk with you today.
0: Well, take us back to the mid eighties when you were sending your kids off to school. What was going on in your heart?
2: Oh my goodness! I tell you it it was it was truly a day of crisis when I sent my two oldest boys off to that junior high school. It was like a releasing of their little lives like never before. Yes. I mean, you know, in elementary school, you can be the homeroom mom and you know you, you can go help in the classroom or go on. trips and all of that, but in junior high, it's kind of a different deal, and it's really, really a greater trust as we send our children off to school, not, you know, no matter what age, but boy, that really hit me, and I said, oh, Lord, I've got to pray. I mean, this is really getting serious, and um, I, I just knew that corporate prayer was powerful, and a united agreement prayer Uh, God says in His Word, I mean, exponentially it's just multiplied. So I said, Lord, there must be one other mom who will take time out of her busy, busy schedule and pray. And the Lord laid upon my heart another mom. And I immediately called her and said, oh, we got to get together and pray. We're not going to talk. We're really going to pray. Mm-hmm. She said, yes, I'd love to. The next week there are about five of us, and that's all about 29 years ago. And we're now in over 140 countries.
0: Oh, my So gosh. this was God's heart. Oh my gosh, that is just, what a story. You know, something I read about you that was super cool was that you had a heart for prayer from the time you were a little girl, and that came from your mom, didn't it? Didn't she kind of convey the importance of prayer? And
2: You know, she really did. I mean, I never stopped thanking God for uh, saving my mom, because um, when she asked Christ into her life, I mean, she was a new creature, and boy, we were in church And she learned how to pray, and we just didn't go to church and pray. I mean, she prayed at home. We prayed at every meal, before bedtime, sometime before we even left the driveway to go someplace. And what what I didn't realize, of course, at the time was that my mom was saying that there was a Heavenly Father that cared about everything in our life, and we could talk to Him. And so really my whole life has been talking to the Heavenly Father. So I'm so grateful for that heritage.
0: Oh, absolutely. That is so powerful. What do you think your apprehensions were, uh, remembering back those years, you know, yeah. when you sent the boys off to school oh, in the 80s? I mean, we're talking the 80s. It's so much worse I, out there now. But
2: Oh, my goodness. You are so absolutely right. But I think the thing that really kind of burdened my heart and put fear in my heart was, you know, if they were they were raised knowing truth they accepted christ uh at a young age and yet i i saw little bits in their life that you know was um selfish mm-hmm. and um they wanted to fit in and so i knew that they would be facing a lot of things at that junior high school that Satan would want to uh, rob, you know, steal uh, their faith away and destroy and even maybe kill them. You know, I mean, he's, he's out to do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. And um, so just the pressures of, that I felt that they would be facing that would undermine their faith. I mean, I was sending them truly on a battlefield because... The uh, Christian worldview was not at that public school, so I I knew that I needed some Aaron and hers as uh, they went on the battlefield every day. Um, I didn't want Satan to have one gleeful moment of their life, and I knew that took prayer because I couldn't follow them around and say now. That's humanistic teaching, or don't look at her,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah, or don't hang around with this group, or yeah, don't hang around with this group. Well, I can resonate with what you're saying because I can remember doing the exact same thing when I sent my son to public school. My kids, my daughter went to Christian school till her senior year in high school, and then my son, you know, just had we had a lot of problems with the Christian school, uh, and I ended up putting him uh, into public school. Uh, mid-eighth grade, but I'll never forget going that day going over there and walking through the halls, and when the bell rang, it was like, oh my gosh, just <laughs> what I saw. Like, you know, I was yeah. freaking out, and I was so burdened, and I came home crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to do, you know, that whole thing, and, you know, boy, it's, but you know, Fern, the thing is, is that even having my kids in Christian school for a long time, I just... Uh-huh. I mean, I think we can't use that as the safe haven because there was a lot of bad things going on in the Christian school too, not maybe to the degree or to the extent, but after my daughter got out of there and, you know, we talked about the stuff that was going on and, you know, I just think moms need to have a heart for prayer no matter where your kid is.
2: You know, I really, really appreciate you saying that because... No matter where we send our child to school, if it's charter school, you know, Christian school, school, homeschool, they have an old sin nature, and they need prayer. And I think what is so awesome about this ministry, it's constantly reminding us that our prayers make a difference, that Jesus has made us a part of the kingdom of priests. And he wants us to join him, the high priest, to have his will done on earth as it is in heaven. So I so agree. I mean, Satan does not want the Christian schools to be salt and light to the world. And so I am so excited when Christian moms realize they need to get together and pray for that Christian school as well.
0: Yeah. So you started meeting with a few few moms. How did the idea grow and catch on? Like. Got, your group well, got too big, and you just started breaking it uh, up? Or?
2: Well, actually, what was uh, so amazing about this vision that God gave me, which I really, you know, they say that when there's a real passion in your heart, it can become a dream or a vision, and you don't even, uh, realizing at the time, you're just being obedient one yes. step at a time. I tell people they never know uh, on one unassuming day while you're abiding what God has in mind. Yes. Yeah. And so um, we were seeing so many answers to prayer, Rita. I mean, just we could not help but tell others, oh, my goodness, this is what's happening at our school. This is what's happened in my life as we are praying together these four steps of prayer this hour. This is what happened in my child's life. Well, then... It was by word of mouth, so I was getting calls on the phone saying, oh, we need a group for our school. Can you come over to my house? I'll bring some women and tell us how to do this. So I was going to different homes, and churches got hold of it, and I was going to churches. I did some prayer retreats, and it just, oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, It was a grassroots
2: it. Holy Spirit prayer movement. But where we really, really grew was um, when... Um, Uh, We were on Dr. Dobson's program in 1988, and that was just a miracle in itself that uh, we were on his program. And as a result of that program, we were on for three days, um, which was a huge answer to prayer above and beyond, Mm -hmm. over 120,000 responses to that program. It was touching. It was meeting needs of moms who were fearful. Yeah. Uh, and and this ministry provided truth that prayers make a difference. And you know the other thing, Rita, is we need each other. We, as moms, we need this kind of support through prayer. I mean, to hear another mom pray for my child, the way the faith believing prayer she has for my child—I mean, it's just like we have tissues all the time because it's just powerful. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. You know, you can't go it alone. We were created for relationship. God is a relational God. We need to uh, bear each other's burdens. It's all, uh, it's all really and, powerful when women come together, when anybody comes together and prays. Okay. Well, and,
2: and especially in prayer, because I just uh, read this not too long ago, that 90% of the prayer teaching in the Word of God is corporate. Mm. We, we sense and know King Jesus is in that prayer meeting when we come together. The fullness of Christ is made known. And I tell you, those prayer meetings, uh, is just, as Spurgeon says, is a reception of power. And we are experiencing God's heart and, and Him saying to His bride, I want you to come together. And you know, when we look in the book of Acts, And we see what happened when the disciples came together. Mm -hmm. I mean, that little bunch of frightened disciples up in that upper room turned the world upside down. Amen. In that prayer meeting. Yeah. You know, Paul and Silas in the prison praying and singing and Mm -hmm. the whole place shakes and everybody's freed. I mean, you know, I'm praying that God the Holy Spirit will so reveal to the hearts of his bride the importance. The privilege and the power of prayer.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes we minimize it. Yeah, you know, we yeah. just think, oh, you know, I prayed for this for so long and it doesn't work. Uh-huh. It doesn't help. You know, it's a, you know, what about the mom who believed and prayed and travailed and her prayers haven't been answered for her child? What do you tell her?
2: I say, well, you know what? God is God, and He's got the plan, and His plans are higher than ours, and a, and apparently. In God's timetable, this He will allow it when He knows it's the right time. But you know what? So, and I also say to them, what God wants to do with us in the waiting room—to trust Him when we don't see anything happen. And what He's saying to us, I believe, is, "Honey, will you trust my heart?" Will you trust me to know that I've heard that prayer because it's according to my word and it's according to my will? Will you trust me that I am at work even though you don't see anything? And, boy, that's when our faith grows, Oh, when we don't see anything. Yeah,
0: that's powerful because what you just said about will you trust my heart, and that's my passion is for people to Um, see the heart of God because when prayers don't get answered sometimes, we misjudge his heart. You know, we don't believe his intentions for us are good. And when we yeah. do that, then we step away, we stop praying, we start formulating all kinds of false beliefs about God, and then that hinders our relationship with Him.
2: You know, it does, and that's what I love about our hour of prayer because uh, the, the, at the outset of the hour is we choose an attribute. Attribute means what is true about God. Mm-hmm. And we praise Him. Uh, through his word uh, for that particular out, uh, attribute. And, you know, the, the one I think of right off the bat is God is good. He's not good some of the time. He's not good just when he answers our prayer. God is good. And I what that does, it solidifies in our heart as we praise him together that, God, you are good and you promise you will work all things together for good to those that love you and are called according to your purpose so that you might conform us to the image of your son you are good and those attributes that we actually if i could say it this way rehearse every week i mean his sovereignty he is the king he's on the throne he's not off the throne just because the whole world seems in you know just this chaotic mess no the king is on the throne. Oh, well, what does that do to our heart? Oh, my goodness, if I can trust the God like that. I can trust the God, I know. But I'm... And so this ministry teaches us, really, who God really is.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes we miss the goal of prayer anyway. It's not necessarily about changing the outcomes, although it's great when that does happen, uh-huh. But I think prayer is first and foremost about building intimacy with God in our own hearts and lives, mm. isn't it?
2: I so it agree. Changes,
0: it changes us.
2: It does. And he says he wants us to ask. I mean, oh, my goodness, how many times has he t- told us to ask or to cry out uh, because that gives us, uh, you know, that we can't do it. We're helpless. And the dependency is upon him, and he loves that dependency, Uh, that we have on him. And what he is also saying in the answer when he does, he says, I'm getting glory. I get glory through answered prayer, and he says, you get joy. And I'm saying, boy, that's a great deal.
0: It sure is. (laughs) Tell us about the four steps of prayer.
2: The four steps of prayer is um, four, I uh, call them uh, prayer principles that uh, are taught in the Word, And, uh, you know, the Lord's Prayer, uh, when the disciples came to him and said, teach us to pray, he didn't say, well, you know, you just go away and it'll just come to you. No, he was very strategic when he taught them the prayer, the Lord's Prayer. It's a strategic prayer. There's praise in there, there's confession in there, there's asking. And so this is what we do. We are just Uh, taking the mandate and the beautiful prayer that God has given us and we are uh, praying it specifically for children in school. So we start with praise, seeing God on the throne, all of his characteristics of who he is and his love, compassion, kindness, his omniscience, his omnipotence, oh my goodness. And then seeing the holy God on the throne and who he is, it causes us then to say, okay, where's my heart? Am I trusting that God? And so we had a time of silent confession where, Lord, search your heart, see if there's anything that's just not quite right here in our belief or in our relationship with somebody else. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful time of allowing the Holy Spirit to set us free, to set us free from sin.
0: And break strongholds.
2: And to break strongholds. That's absolutely right, because if our heart is not right, it hinders our prayers. Well, we're going to be praying at the end of this hour, and we don't want our prayers hindered, so we need to get right so that the Lord can hear and answer our prayers. So I love the confession time with the heart getting right before the Lord, and it just flows into thanksgiving. Oh, God, thank you. You always forgive. Your blood always cleanses, and so that leads us into a time of thanksgiving. That thanksgiving time is truly a faith-increasing time because... Of the prayers that we prayed before that week, oh my goodness, so many answers to prayer at that school, in our children's lives, in relationships with teachers, I mean, just a lot of answers to prayer. And we also thank Him for the prayer that's not answered yet, because that says, God, I trust your plan. Mm. And then after that time, a rich time of thanksgiving, then we come before the Lord in intercession. And I use the word intercession and not petition because intercession is a word that says always that you pray for others. You pray for others. You pray on another person's behalf. You're standing in the gap for another. So we stand in the gap for our children, for their friends, for the other kids at the school, for the coaches, for the administration, for the, all the teachers. I mean, what a beautiful position in the name of Jesus to stand in the gap. And during this intercession time, we use God's Word. We take the Word of God and the promises and the will of His Word, place our child's name, right there in the mighty, living Word of God, knowing that it's God's heart. And if it's God's heart, He promises He will answer. So this is a really powerful time of joining Christ, the High Priest, coming before the Father, praying the Father's heart for our children in schools. And I know there's been some really sad, horrific, heart wrenching things that have happened in our schools in light of deaths. Yes. um and, you know, salvation has come from that, I know. But, you know, I really believe of all the other uh, times that the Lord has intervened and has stopped any harm coming to our school because we've prayed. Actually, uh, one group, I mean, this was a powerful testimony, prayed specifically for protection that day. A woman came on that campus, pointed a gun at a teacher, and the gun did not go off. Wow! Oh my goodness! Yeah, I tell you, we are in a spiritual battle. I mean, it is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Satan, and the and the kingdom of God has has reigned and ruled and vic- was victorious at the cross. So now we come before Him to thwart the plans of the enemy. So we say to the to the Christian mom, Oh my goodness! Don't miss out on being a warrior. Don't miss out on what your prayers, united with other moms' prayers, can do in light of this generation being a Jesus generation, of this generation uh, having uh, revival and spiritual awakening on our campuses. But we need those who will ask. God says, you have not, because you ask not. Well, I'm saying, let's get together and ask.
0: Amen. Because it's becoming increasingly dark in our culture now. So more than ever, oh we need to be girding up our loins and praying without ceasing for our children and our grandchildren.
2: Oh, I love
1: And I'm going to stop the interview right there. But uh, that's powerful. She said, uh, don't miss out on being a warrior. And there is pr- uh, power in prayer, power in the word of God, and what's happened is we've sort of we, we've gotten away from recognizing the privilege and the power of prayer and that we've been cut off from it and we need to regain a vision and hold what what we can do through prayer and so I love this ministry that Fern Nichols started and uh, it's what was the seed of it what was the root of it was a mom's fear now look what God did with this woman's fear And these other moms who were afraid for their children going off to school, uh, God took this seed of fear and he he grew a great mountain out of it. And now it's covered over 140 countries and they've got prayer groups in every state. And uh, they're shifting and changing the spiritual atmosphere at at the local schools. And so they're being salt and light Uh, locally and globally, so they're fulfilling the great commission of Christ, the great work of Christ is going forth all over the world uh, through this woman's ministry and it all started with fear. And so what I wanted to cast a vision before you concerning this prayer laboratory that I'm inviting you to participate in is just basically an online prayer group is all it is, but uh, What are the fears of your life? What are the mountains? What are the storms? What are the grains of sand of irritation in your life? A pearl is created through what starts out first as an irritation, and uh, what seems to be our trash is God's treasure. So, uh, uh, don't let uh, don't cast aside. What you're fearful of, don't try and get rid of the storms and the mountains and the grains of sand of irritation in your life. I'm saying recycle it. I'm saying use what's in your life just like this woman has done and uh, let, give it to God and let him turn that trash into the treasure of God glorifying himself through your problems. Uh, use it to build intimacy between you and God. Face your fears and take your fears to the place of prayer and hammer away on them with the word of God, which I've said before in other broadcasts that God's word is like a hammer and it breaks the rock asunder. Well, a mountain is a rock and God wants you to speak his word until that mountain breaks. And Jesus spoke to the storm and you've got the same power. And the question is, are you speaking? And mountains have ears and storms have ears. The darkness has ears and you can speak to those grains of sand of irritation in your life because uh, speaking to it they they have it is a spiritual act it is something that does not make sense in the natural and uh, as they're talking about in this interview uh, people lose hope or their hold in prayers because they don't see something happen immediately And I definitely want the drive-through deliverance. I don't want to have to wait. Uh, Like a farmer, we have to plant that seed of God's Word into our mountains, our storms, and irritations and frustrations. And you've got to wait like a farmer until that seed bears forth the fruit of deliverance. The disciples were afraid in the upper room, but they stayed and they prayed, and they trusted and they waited on God until... The power of God brought that breakthrough that caused uh, them to turn the whole world upside down in the powerful book of Acts and all that God did. It was birthed through 120 people who were afraid to go outside because of uh, the authorities and the persecution that was against them, but they got drunk in the spirit, they got emboldened with God's power, and they stepped out of uh, out of that hiding place because God... Uh, broke the chains of their fears asunder, and he did great things. And so uh, at the beginning of this broadcast, uh, there she said uh, things are getting really serious and uh, we've got to learn to use God's word that things are uh, getting really dark in the world. And so we've got to come to that place where we take God's word uh, seriously, more serious than television and entertainment, and I know how easy that is to get uh, lost in the haze of entertainment. Um, there's pressure. There's you want to come home and decompress from your work schedule and relax, but uh, we've come to a time in hi- human history where we just simply cannot afford to do that, and then, uh, I'm finding it a difficult time to go deeper and to dig deeper and into the Word, into prayer. And, but uh, it's a fight, and it's not something that we are meant to do on our own. And they talked about that in the interview that uh, we weren't created uh, to be alone; we are created uh, to go at prayer as a group. She talked about ninety percent of when prayer is mentioned in the Bible. I'd never <clears throat> saw that or thought about that, but. Ninety percent of the time when they're praying in the, in, in the Bible, the instances, they, they were together as a group corporately. They weren't alone, and we can't go it alone. We were not meant to be alone. Adam was in the Garden of Eden, and God said it's not good for him to be alone. Well, we're alone. We're isolated in our prayer time. Our prayer lives are isolated. Our time in the Word is isolated one far from another so that we're not able to build. And you can't do it without encouragement. You can't do it without the other body of Christ lifting you up. Iron sharpens iron. And if two are together, then one can help the other, but God helps the man who's alone. And you just can't maintain that confession, that prayer, that power consistently year in and year out all by yourself. So you've got to have other prayer warriors around you And so we've been given this technology of being online and being able to reach out to other people, connect with other people, network uh, outside of our church because a lot of time you can try and get people at your church to pray, but uh, people just aren't interested. And so sometimes it's good to be able to reach out to a national, international audience and gather together a prayer group and that's my hope is that this prayer laboratory this lab that we're doing will be a gathering together of the saints online of those who are like hearted like minded individuals that you may not be able to find round about you in your inner, inner circle and that we would begin to sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron so uh, pray she said uh, to this first mom that Fern Nichols reached out to Uh, She said to this mom, we're going to really pray and not just talk about it. And um, that's a lot of what goes on as we go and we learn about prayer. We learn about God, we talk about God, but we don't actually take action and do something. And so it's my hope that we would actually begin tackling our own mountain storms and grains of sand of irritation and frustrations and we'd begin to speak together as a group against those things, begin to encourage one another as a prayer family, because you can't do it alone, you can't go it alone, and we've got free time at home, and we've got this thing called the Internet, so it's a tool that God wants to use for us to encourage one another why we've got it. They talked about uh, Christ, the high priest, once and needs our agreement on earth, that God wants a lot of things for our life, but He ha- we have to come into agreement. And the more of us coming to ing- into agreement over something, the more that can change uh, the mountains and the storms in our lives. So God requires our agreement. He requires that we take action. Faith is action. It's not just a psychological belief, but it's something that you've got to do. Um, They said God gave the vision of this uh, this group, and so that's why it was so successful. Um, Unless God builds the house, they that build it build it in vain, and so. It's my hope and desire that this is a vision of God, this prayer laboratory that I know in my own personal life and I'll, in the next uh, broadcast ahead, I'll be able to talk about a personal uh, way I got into just speaking into the mountains of my life and seeing change and that it wasn't just words on the page of God promising that he would move mountains, but I actually began to saw it happen in my own life through a personal irritation that I began to no longer just take it and live with it but I began to speak to it and it began it really uh, that mountain moved out of my life and um, a similar situation happened with Dutch Sheets the prayer intercessor himself uh, he, he has a book called Authority in Prayer so I'm going to be reading from that as well in the broadcast ahead concerning the prayer lab and what it's all about um, so Uh, Fern, she talked about the attributes of God, that when they first start out stepping into prayer, they talk about God's attributes, and then they go to Thanksgiving for what He's done. And so the whole idea of that is that uh, we're to approach Him based upon His promises, based upon who He is, and what He has explained Himself to be to us in His Word. So that's why we're staying in God's Word. Uh, It's the title of the broadcast that. Uh, in the beginning was God's Word and all things were made by Him and through Him and to Him was not anything made without God's Word and so even prayer is made by God's Word. You've got to stay in His Word and know His Word if you want your prayer to be effective. Uh, You've got to confess and speak it, speak the Word and it'll come to pass where it doesn't go out to come back void. And... um, really love what she said don't miss out on being a warrior and God help us if he's given us the power of his word and we can't even see it it says that the God of this world blinds our minds so that we cannot see the gospel the good news and that's not just for salvation but I believe after we're Christians that we get distracted by other things other things take away our view of God and like a That lady was interviewing her, you know, we begin to get a bad uh, idea about God and begin to get down on prayer and say, well, it doesn't work. But God's word is like a hammer, and it will break the mountain, and it's it's like a fire, and it will burn up the chafe in your life. It's like a seed that you've got to plant in the ground, just like a farmer. It's not going to happen instantly, always, all the time, but you've got to speak it. And uh, you've got to release it out of your mouth. And so that's my hope, is that we would gather together online and strengthen one another to speak his word and to release it out of our mouths uh, against our personal mountains and frustrations and begin to see God's word take effect and to write in and to tell me those testimonies. I'm going to give my email out here in a bit, uh, and I'm going to read those testimonies on air And we're going to be encouraged by what God is doing in our lives. And we're not just going to stay isolated anymore. And we're not going to be beat down and live in the shadow of our mountains when God has given us his word and the opportunity and the privilege to be a warrior just like David was and to take out the Goliath in our lives and to be filled with that hope and that power and praise and to share that with others. That's what the prayer lab is about. That's what staying in God's Word is about. So, uh, decreeing God's Word, speaking God's Word until you see change happen in your life, knowing that the trash, what you think is trash in your life is actually treasure. Because the trash of Goliath was David's treasure in so much that when he took off Goliath's head, he got uh, the the attention of the leaders of Israel and that was a path to promotion in his life when he took out that giant and so God in the beginning spoke into the darkness and created the light you're made in his image and called to do the same thing You're you're not called to be beat down by condemnation by depression by darkness of any kind you're called to speak into the darkness so that his light can manifest and that he can get glory and bring souls unto himself. So don't think that the trash in your life is just trash, but it is treasure. It can be used to glorify God and to draw other people to Christ that are round about you when they see the testimony of what God is doing in your life. It says in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, and Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. The word therefore connects uh, decreeing with prayer God is saying that decreeing his word is a form of prayer Oftentimes, we think that prayer is asking God for this asking him for that give me this, give me that but God wants you to decree uh, to release the royal decree the declaration out of your mouth of what reality is and his promises and his word tell us what reality is Jesus said, Whosoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. Therefore, speak again the darkness in your life and enforce that promise. Enforce that word until you see it manifest. Uh, Pray until something happens. Push. Decree until you see see something happen. Decreeing God's word is a form of prayer. It says in Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. He said, Whosoever shall say into this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall happen and shall come to pass. Therefore whatsoever things you desire when you pray. So uh, decreeing is a form of prayer. And um God wants us to speak his word until we see it manifest in our lives. And a hammer, I'll show you a hammer that I use. It's in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 16 says, And I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. Things will I do unto them and not forsake them. So here's, that's the promise and here's the decree. Father, I thank you that uh, you are going to bring me in my blindness by a way that I knew not, and you are going to lead me in paths that I have not known. Path appear before me, way that I have not known open unto me. Darkness become light before me, crooked things I command you to become straight. Father, these things you are doing and you are not forsaking me. God is with us and uh, he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so use that decree, use that promise as a hammer. Use it as that seed, that God's word is a seed. It doesn't go out to come back void. But uh, people walk away from God's word because it doesn't come up and pop up instantly in their lives. I'm going to read from Joel chapter 1 right now. It says uh, uh, and the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Bethuel. Hear this, O ye, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers, tell ye your children of it, and let your children tell their children unto their unto their children another generation. That which the Palmer worm hath left hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left, hath the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm hath left, hath the c- a caterpillar eaten. Awake, ye drunkards, and weep and howl, all ye drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. He's speaking to the church, he's speaking to Israel, and he's calling them drunkards, and he's saying that you need to weep, and you need to howl, all oh, ye drinkers of wine, because the new wine which is the Holy Spirit which is the uh, new kingdom that Christ has brought us into it's cut off from your mouth and God's people are wavering to and fro like drunken people because we're not filled with the new wine of his strength Jesus said I won't drink of this wine till I drink it anew with you in the kingdom of my father and so there is a new wine of the Holy Spirit a new wine of power a new wine of inheritance, of gifts, of strength, that is our inheritance as sons and daughters of God that he wants us to drink of, and we're cut off from that wine. We're we're drunk on the things of this world and the ent- entertainment of Hollywood. We're distracted by the things of this world, and um, we're reeling to and fro. And so he, Joel... Uh, gives a a rebuke to the church and that's to weep, it's to mourn, to wail uh, for the new wine. And God has something new for you, but you have to weep, you have to mourn, you have to wail, you have to decree until you break through to it because uh, what God has is is hidden and, and the forces of darkness want to cover it and to hide it and to keep it from you. Uh, Daniel had to pray 21 days. God heard him on the first day, but he had to go past the prince of Persia. He had to go through the prince of the power of the air, the the God of this world who seeks to blind us. And we have to speak his word until we are enmantled with that Holy Ghost power, that anointing, until until our tongues become swords, until our tongues become hammers that strike the rock of our mountains and, and break them asunder. We have to, it says weak, mourn, and well. That means get serious. And uh, I know I'm finding a hard time getting serious, but um, we gather together and we strengthen one another because there's strength in numbers. You take a coal out of the fire, that coal is going to grow dim and it's going to grow cold. But if you keep the coals together, then they're going to keep each other warm And so that is the vision of Prayer Lab, Prayer Laboratory on staying in God's Word here on Prayer International. Call uh, a write-in. I've got to tell me what you think about this vision and if you'd like to participate in it. My email is inboxinbox3000 at aol.com. That's inboxinbox3000 at AOL.com and write in and tell me uh, what you think about the idea and if you'd like to participate on this online prayer group. And uh, we're going to stand together as warriors and not let this opportunity on earth to go by us of using God's word to do powerful things to set the captive free and to glorify the name of Jesus and draw all men Unto the name of Jesus and into his kingdom. So let's pray before uh, we end with a worship song. Father, I just give you thanks and praise in the mighty name of Jesus. That you will never leave us nor forsake us. That Lord Jesus, as you were strong in David years ago. You change not and you desire to be strong in us. Through the decree of our mouth that we would speak your spiritual word against our spiritual Goliaths, our spiritual mountains, the, the spiritual roots of our storms that are in the natural, Lord. We thank you that there is a spiritual root to them and that we can speak to those spiritual roots with the word and we can pluck them up and cast them out and we can cause the storms of our life to dissipate. We can speak to the grains of sand of irritation in our life until it becomes a pearl of great price that brings all glory and honor to you. Father, we thank you that our trash is your treasure and that you want us to let us let you into our lives. You want us to let, us, let you into our problems and you want to transform and recycle that trash into a treasure that glorifies your name to believer and non-believer alike and causes faith to rise in the earth. Father, you've called us to a global, a local and a global work, Father. You've called us to spread prayer internationally. You've call, called us to, cha- to bring about change internationally. Father, you've called us to be world changers. And, Father, we thank you that just like those moms who were fearful of their children and, uh, and uh, were fearful for their lives and, and the apostles were fearful in the upper room, But you visited them, Lord God, and you turned their trash, their problems, into a treasure and that they were emboldened, Father, to go out and to spread the good news. And so, Father, we praise you that as you were then, so you are now, that nothing has changed and that, Lord, you've given us one another. You've given us the Internet, Father. You've given us the computer, this device. It's a tool, Father, for you to bind together those prayer warriors who are feeling rejected, who might be lost and alone, who are perhaps surrounded by people who are cold to the eyes to to prayer, even though they may attend church on a regular basis. Father, we pray that the birds of the same feather would flock together. I pray that you'd establish a network and that we would birth a prayer laboratory, that we would stay in your word, Lord God, and that we would fight together as a team and that we would rebuke the enemy, and that we would see great things happen, that your counsels would fall upon us as crowns, and that we would begin to rule as kings and priests unto our God, and that we would rise up in those mighty stri- strategies of the Lord, that we would be as mighty warriors before you not breaking rank, but Father, walking in unity, walking in anointing, walking in power, Oh, Father God, we give you the praise, and we don't limit you, Father. We say yea and amen to your promises, Lord God. We agree with what you said, that what you said, you're able to do, Lord God, for uh, there is none like you, Lord God. And we just give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. I pray for every person here that they would be emboldened. To speak against their dark mountains That they would speak into the darkness And create the light Knowing that you, their trash is your treasure Is your opportunity to show yourself strong Father God And so I just pray that you infuse them With power Infuse them with supernatural faith In Jesus name Lord God Amen My name is Patrick Sanders This has been another broadcast Of Prayer International God bless you and praise Jesus
3: Oh, consuming fire.